welcome to another episode of the Half Full Reviews podcast. I'm your host, DJ, and I'm joined by a friend of mine, James. James is a fellow gamer and collector, and today we're going to be talking about video game collecting and selling, buying and selling, finding good deals, all that. Uh, but before we get into that, James, how are you doing? And who are you? Where are you from? What do you like? Let's, let's hear a little bit about you. Thanks, DJ. Um, my name is James. I'm 30 years old. I've lived in multiple different states, but currently I am living in Texas. I started a reselling kind of video game, acquiring video games from a, from a small child and started reselling them about two years ago with my girlfriend. Taught her how to do that, and I've been loving life ever since, and I'm super excited to be on the podcast, and I hope everyone's week is going well. Me too. So it's wrapping up, right? Friday, end of the right. week. It's awesome. So, um, yeah, uh, I'm so happy to have you here. So we, we met recently. And when I heard that you also, I think you asked me, you know, are you into gaming? And I'm like, yes. And then we're like, do you collect <laughs> games too? Yes. Well, you know, cause we're kind of around the same age and have some of the same interests there. Right. So that's awesome. I have always wanted to talk to somebody on the podcast about collecting, uh, video games. Cause a couple of people that I game with, you know, they don't mind talking about it, but they're not like avid collectors. They're not like really into it and like you right. are you know like you actually are probably better at it than me which will make the conversation awesome so uh so yeah so. i mean i wouldn't necessarily say better at it but i definitely i definitely run into the collectors you're talking about where yeah i, I or the people you're talking about i play video games i play modern warfare and i'm, I'm into gaming it's like yeah, not the same thing as like now i have a full shelf of gba cards you know uh-huh Yep, gaming yeah. throughout the years in a wide variety, you know, as opposed to, you know, just somebody who only plays MOBAs or only plays shoot 'em ups, you know, or, you know, whatever the trendy thing is. So, but there's nothing right. wrong with that either. You know, if you're listening to this podcast and that's you, that's awesome. Tune into all our episodes. We do have some on Call of Duty. <laughs> so, I uh, saw that actually. And sometimes I do go on binges where I play one game, you know, for six months straight. And it's an awesome time and some great memories. Sometimes you meet some awesome people. Um, but it is also nice, like we're saying, it's nice to sometimes talk to people about a wide spectrum of games, especially collecting them. You know, it's, it's a lot of fun. If you're into it, it can be a, a great pastime and sometimes an expensive pastime. <laughs> yeah, my, uh, my wallet hurts just thinking about some of the, the collections that I, I've had before and some of them that I, that I sold and had to get rid of. Um, to be able to pay the bills. So absolutely, I know I know what you're talking about. And I, uh, I'd love to talk. I, that, that should be our first talking point. We should talk personal collections before we get into like just sure. like general collecting. But before we do that, since it's your first time on, uh, what kind of games do you like to play? What type, you know, kind of games have you liked to play? And what are you playing currently? So right now, I've kind of slowed down a little bit from playing games. Um, I Right now, I'm, I'm mainly playing Heroes of the Storm with a group of friends that, that have been playing MOBAs for years. It's totally a dead game, uh, but we love it to death, and it's something that we can't drop. But uh, games I actually love is MOBA. love action RPGs like Diablo, except for Diablo Immortal. Um, I'm still into idle simulators like Old School RuneScape and some old MMOs, uh, like the old Star Wars one. I, I did like that one. Um, and I want to pick it back up at some point. Um, but love retro games. I like Pokemon games, um, and I like old RPGs as well. What about you? So um, I did a cool episode one time where we talked about like top favorite video games and stuff. 
Um, mm-hmm. And uh, definitely Pokemon's up there for me. RuneScape is up there for me, you mentioned. Um, I also dipped into MOBAs for a while. I played some League of Legends. I tried Heroes of the Storm. Um, the most recent MOBA I play on and off, like maybe once a month, is uh, Pokemon Unite. Oh, yeah, I gave that a try. I started... I couldn't help but think about the 12 year old that was absolutely ruining my day um <laughs> right. in, in that mobile <laughs> it made me mad for sure <laughs> that the was MOBA. a fun one i got in right on the ground floor of that and that was really cool um it's still fun to jump on casually every once in a while because if you have an understanding of mobas and how they work right. and working as team you kind of already have a one-up on many people who are pokemon fans who have never played a moba so right of course now it's been out so long most people have an idea what they're doing yeah, that reminds me of this this MOBA that launched in the browser, um, and it was based off of Adventure Time. And my background in MOBA reaches back MOBAs reach back all the way to like Warcraft three, and playing Dota, and so I'm very competitive, and my full team was competitive, and so we full uh, five man stacked this like not Adult Swim, what is it? Cartoon Network Adventure Time MOBA. Um, and stomped it out of the ground. And I, I assume full responsibility for why that failed, <laughs> why that MOA failed entirely. Oh, man. That's cool. I've never <laughs> heard of that one. Um, I think the one, the first one that ever got me was League of Legends, and I probably right. played that for five years straight, where that was like yes. twice a week. I had a team of five guys. We played twice a week. We went to local tournaments. We got um, really, really deeply into that. And the sad part is we never got really good. We still suck. That's how it it gets you. You never never become the top at League of Legends, but you always want to keep trying, and that's how it gets you. Yep, yep. Then I got really serious. Right around the time we were doing a Modern Warfare podcast on here, I got really serious Mm -hmm. in the the new Call of Duty one that, you know, the first time they did it where you, like, jump out of ships and, you know, the the helicopter things like Fortnite, the Battle Royale. The first time, I got really into that, the first two iterations, I think. And I was playing every day, um, and then I guess I fell off. I got bored, went to other things. But I still have a couple friends who play that uh, pretty hardcore, as well as the Halo games and stuff. So, yeah. Oh yeah, I'm excited. I can't wait until Halo introduces something like a battle royale because I think that concept is just amazing. It's right in there with the same uh, dopamine rushes that MOBAs give me. So, yes, they're so addictive. And yeah, I, I, oh, I yeah. agree with you. I didn't even think about that, but I, I hope Halo does come out with one because. I know for a fact my friends who play Call of Duty would definitely jump ship to Halo if Halo had one. Oh yeah, I, I don't think the Halo players would love it, but uh, I know I definitely would, and I've been a Halo fan for years. As well, yeah, we're in Halo me. We go way back, all the way back to high school pizza parties on the weekends. Halo oh man, how <laughs> oh, I feel old. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Speaking of Halo, before we get into it, because we'll jump in the topic here in a second. Before we get into that, since we're on Halo, did you watch the Halo TV show? I am scared to. So this family is a Halo family. We've been playing uh, since basically Halo 2, but I, I did get down on some Combat Evolved when it was on Xbox. Um, and I heard they butchered it. And so I really, as far as Infinity, is it Infinity or Infinite? Halo Infinite and the new TV show goes. Minimal access to that. I'm waiting until um, maybe a few seasons out. So, they last. Like, like without spoiling anything, they went completely off book. It is not at all follow the movie, right. so you have to see it as that. And I, I took it for what it was, 
and I actually really enjoyed it. Um, it is okay. not going to be Halo like you want it to be, and Master Chief is not going to be the same you want him to be, but if you just see it as like an alternate universe Halo, you could possibly enjoy it. Because so, okay. overall, the story was kind of cool. Uh, it does leave you with like a bit of... They don't pull everything together in the end. Like It ties up most of the loose ends, but there's obviously a lot of room for continuing story because... You know, they don't beat all the bad guys in the end, or else there wouldn't be an ongoing show. I mean, there's only like six episodes or something, so you know. Okay. So. I'll, you know what? With that in mind, I'm gonna give it a, a, a chance, but I am also going to uh, wait a couple seasons. I'm one of those people that have to like binge watch. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I have to have a couple seasons out there, and then I'll spend a good weekend on it. I thought you said you're gonna hold, hold me personally accountable if it's bad. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you waste my <laughs> I'll time. I'll do that too. <laughs> If this is a garbage TV show, you're never recommending anything you. again. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, that's why I'm like, I'm not sure you'll like it, because I, I don't know, you know, all the TV shows you like a whole lot, but, like, I liked it, and I'm pretty easygoing on that kind of stuff. Like, I like most of the Marvel TV shows, and I like most of the Star Wars stuff, and even though I'm a hardcore Star Wars fan at heart, I'm not judgy. Like, a lot of them are super judgy. I'm just happy they're making yes. Star Wars stuff, period. You know, it's better than not having any. So. Right, you're the uh, mid. Might I say you're the half cup full type? <laughs> yeah. Hey, I wonder why. I wonder, wonder why the podcast <laughs> and the website and the marketing company is all named half full. So you know, it's funny because I actually you'd be surprised the amount of people who ask me why I name it that and what it means. And I'm like, I thought it was very obvious. You know, like right. it's a pretty obvious reference. I feel so. Yeah. All right, all right. But let's go ahead and get into our discussion because that's what people came for. That's why they clicked on it. Um, we like to hit them with like 20 minutes of pre-talk. It's only been 10 minutes. <laughs> but uh, now, now now, we'll go ahead and discuss the clickbait, which is collecting and reselling video games. And uh, I think a good place to, to start was actually your idea as we were coming up with this, is uh, personal collections. You know, what do we have? So you can you can start first and then I'll go. Oh, man, you don't want me to... Th I, so I use, um, I use a tracker uh, called Price Charting to track my personal collection. I'll have to link you. Oh, Dude. yeah. Um, or you can drop it on the blog post, but um, right now the collection is valued at over fifteen thousand um, dollars, and it ranges from like uh, GBA cameras, like the actual, or not GBA, but Game Boy cameras, the originals, um, all the way to you know Far Cry Six for the Xbox One. Uh, I even have, speaking of League of Legends, I have one of my prized possessions was you used to be able to buy League of Legends on CD. What? In stores, yeah, it came with a little access code and everything that you you kind of scratched off and you redeemed like skins and champions that were included. I had the box set for League of Legends because um, I used to play in beta, and one uh, when, when I was playing, one of my buddies just bought the box set, and I was like, I have to go collect. Um, I can't believe it is that old. Like I know it's that old, but it's hard to imagine that <laughs> you know I had a CD version and that they weren't. <laughs> How it's super old, man. I, I played right out of high school, basically. So it was, it's really old. It's, it's, it is hard to believe because it's still relevant, which is super rare. But um, yeah, and then another one you might enjoy is I have um, a Pokemon CD-ROM uh, trading card game. It's called Trading Card and Board Games. It, 2001 Pokemon. And it is actually licensed. Is it for Game Boy? Oh, it's for PC. Really? Because they have the Pokemon TCG. That's crazy. 
I feel like they yeah, had a, they had a cartridge game at one point. I think that was also Pokemon TCG on one of the platforms. Um, right. Maybe. I know. I believe it. This is not what you're thinking of, by the way. No, it's going to sound totally different, probably. This this has um, backgammon. Okay, like chess. It has some ones what? they've made up. Yeah, it has the TCG in it as well, but it has like tons of other stuff. It's 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 licensed, so it's it's a legit product. Wow, um, Pokemon has made some weird stuff, and I was just listening yeah. to a podcast on like the top selling franchises. You know, like um, or what do they call them? Not like media companies. What do they call them like uh, IP. Yes, yeah, there you go. Top selling IPs and make the most money specifically on like physical products too, and like like not even their games and their digital media, but like just on plushes and and things. And Pokemon, I, I think, is number one. They're they're really high up there. And then Hello Kitty was like number three or something. Hello Kitty was really far up there too. I was like, okay, I believe it. Winnie I the Pooh, it. Winnie the Pooh made the top ten list, um, and so did like right. um, Spider Man was ranked way higher than Marvel as a whole. Really? Yeah. I would not have. I would not have guessed that. Yeah, Spider Man's up there for big. Um, but anyways, anyways, yeah, we were. Uh, we keep it on video games here. Um, unless your does your collection expand to things other than video games, like other pop culture and like statues and things like that. Yes, but uh, limited because of uh, just space issues. You know what I mean? I have uh, a garage full and a few uh, a few storage pods full of uh of collectibles and and because it's also business a personal collection kind of goes in and out of mm. um my girlfriend also reselling so there's stuff that she cannot touch right but if i get a duplicate and it's better and it comes out of my collection and goes into that I, I, nice for the most part i have a few figurines and stuff like that but i keep it uh mainly video games is is what i like that's actually really close to what i'm doing so like i, I don't I haven't done a lot of reselling. Um, I can talk a little bit about it when we get to that, but um, I do. I do a very small physical collection of things that are not video games, and I am very tight on room and space here. So, like, it has mm. to be cool stuff. And when I get something, I'll replace something else usually. Um, you know, but when it comes to games itself, you know, I uh, my collection starts with things I played as a kid, and then it kind of expands from there up until now. And I haven't really gone too much into the past beyond that so like early 90s would be like as far back as i've gone um what's some of your your favorite things in your collection right now all right that's a good question um well pokemon games because i'm trying to collect every single one of the main series games um and so right like, i've got a good i've got a good start on those all the game boy ones all the game boy color ones working on the gba um i have most of the ds line i have all of the 3ds line i have all of the switch line so i'm getting there we're filling in a couple of the holes um, I also have some really cool Star Wars games. So I have the original Star Wars Game Boy games, as well as... Did we just gain a person in our chat? Yeah. Zeke, you're live on the Half Floor Reviews podcast, Zeke. This is my brother, Zeke. Welcome in. Oh, hi, everybody. Hey, th <laughs> Zeke, this is James. James, this is Zeke. We're going to keep you on the podcast now for a second, Zeke. You can feel free to leave whenever you want, but make sure you say goodbye first. Um, we're, talking, right. we're talking about collecting uh, retro video games and selling them and things like that. Zeke is, uh, was the starter of the podcast with me, my co-host. So, and he's on episodes here and there whenever he can find time. Very so, nice. Yeah. So, yeah, anyways, we were talking um, old Star Wars games. And so I've got some old Star Wars ones on Game Boy, but I also have a PC collection. So I have the original Jedi Knight games. Um, 
and Jedi Outcast and Jedi Knight, the ones before that, Dark Forces. Um, I have those, and um, Jedi Outcast, Jedi Academy, I have all those. I have a lot of Star Wars games that maybe like Star Wars Obi-Wan is an interesting game mm-hmm. most people don't even know for the original Xbox. Terrible. Yeah, I, I I've seen that. I've seen that around. I've probably sold it once or twice. It might be in my collection somewhere. Terrible artwork. It's like a crappy, blurry ver- picture of Obi Wan, and then they yeah they put green yeah. over top of it, like an overlay. Oh my gosh, it looks horrible. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, I know the one you're talking about. Yeah, but absolutely. But the game is cool. You play as Obi Wan prior to Episode One, and then you get picked up as Qui Gon as your master, and then you play through Episode One. So it's cool. Uh, you get to see young Obi Wan. I don't know. It's a cool take on it, and that it was an actiony kind of level based. It was fun. Um, let's see. I've been working on the Xbox collection recently, so I have a, a original Xbox, I have a 360, and the Xbox One. Um, I think that's all of them. I don't have all the versions of all of them, but I do have like at least one or two of each. And I've got lots of Nintendo stuff, like the Wii's, and um, obviously the Game Boys. Game Boys in N64 is probably my sweet spot for collecting. Because that was my childhood, Game Boys and N sixty four. Right. Did you... Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. I was, I was going to flip the question on you. <laughs> what are some of your favorites? My absolute, like top of the line favorites, have to be um, add ons. So when it comes to like the PS two, I have the internet add on. So when it comes to the Game Boy, I have the camera. Right, and the camera is not cheap right now. Um, for the Game Boy camera, I think that's eleven hundred dollars for the gold one. Uh, right wow. now, I've never so seen one. I've those. heard that they exist in passing, but I've never looked into that yet. Yes, um, my absolute holy grail is a Pokemon Snap Enter. Um, if I can find one, because they used to have like display models, you could take pictures and then pay for the prints. That is my absolute holy grail. I'm on the look for, but I love one-off little niche items in the collection um in the collections that just are just so weird like okay. uh so what about Nintendo super game 64. Boys? do you have a super game right. Boy? yes yes i have a lot of i have a, a super game boy i have like the old um old add-ons for n64 like the uh the microphones and stuff like that <laughs> Wow. I've been I've been trying to collect add-ons for the last year or so, um, and it kind of started with with the Game Boys in general and like the add-ons possible for there. That is cool. I'm gonna need to see some pictures here eventually. Right? Yeah. The the in the Super Game Boy. I probably I've had that since I was a kid, um, and I had to rebuy it because it it, it busted. I played. I was playing Zelda. Um, on the TV as a kid, and uh, I haven't really turned it on since, except for to test it. And I really want to do that this weekend. Uh, you reminded me. Yeah, I, I'm kind of jealous because you and another guy I was talking to this week, N64 Josh, um, he runs a big uh, a Nintendo Powercast, really big podcaster. And I was talking with him this week, and he was showing me his Nintendo collection. And he he said something similar to you, where it's like I had this stuff since I was a kid, and I'm like, man. I was stupid or something. I mean, I got rid of all my stuff as a kid. I had to buy all of this as an adult in the past, like, five years when I started realizing, right. like, you know, I, I had some of it, like the PC games from being a kid, I guess, because that just got boxed away. But all my Game Boys, my N64s, and everything, I had to rebuy it all, hunt it all back down, because I guess as I got in my teenage years, I got into, you know, play uh, Xbox and 
all that and then just kind of sold all the old systems or my parents got rid of them you know and i never thought that i'd want them again but now it's like it's my whole thing like collecting it and putting it all around the, the nostalgia really gets me so. and in your right. defense our mom was a bit of a, a, a declutterer and so we, we, we were a little bit pressured sometimes, I think, to get rid of things because we would do the spring cleaning every year, you know, and, and, and get out the stuff we hadn't used and whatnot. There you go, yeah. So I, I think that plays a big part, you know, parents um, growing up, because you don't have a lot of control over it sometimes, depending on the household. So, yeah, that's probably it. Yeah. Right, yeah, no, one, one thing I did have, I was fortunate to have is a, uh, is a family who literally holds on to everything. And so whenever I'd get a new game or, or a new console or whatever, it was more like a cataloged photo album item that gets put into a box than, you know, something's like, okay, I'm going to sell this in order to, to get a new one. Um, but I, I was fortunate in that, in that sense. And I do have a, a, still a lot of my old games that are all, all scratched up and everything that I'll never sell. Yeah, some of that stuff you just... You know, even if it's a crappy version, you know, you hang on to it. If it's beat up, <laughs> just Absolutely. for sentimental reasons, you know. Absolutely. So uh, let's see here. What was next up on our list? Where? Because we we try to plan this out a little bit. We do fly by the seat of our pants, but we try to plan out a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> we talked our favorites. Uh, legits versus fakes. You know, have we encountered that? You, me, you know, and how do we deal with it? Or how do we try to not buy fakes? Because there's a huge market out there for fakes, especially, um, you know in the you know if you're buying online amazon or ebay you know and you're getting stuff from china shipped to you that i don't know what what's your experience on that how how often is it fake and you know right um so the majority of how i source and how my girlfriend sources is through uh local uh so like garage sales and stuff like that and i can get into more detail um as far as like in the buying and selling portion uh, later on but we come across probably six or seven fakes, and they're mainly Nintendo branded stuff. So, like, uh, we've had a few uh, GBA carts that have been fake, um, N64 ones. In fact, there was a full horrible fake um, that my girlfriend had to learn how to spot uh, where she bought Super Mario World for Super Nintendo for the NES. Um, and it was like, $15 at a flea market it was the box was obviously a, re, a repo like a reproduction um, but the cart itself if if she looked at the back it didn't say Nintendo on it it was just blank um, we've run into tons of fakes uh, as far as like you know not buying them but we personally probably bought like six or seven of them yeah, I had somebody ask me one time about fakes and they said well what do you care if it plays the same I'm like, no, I care. Like, <laughs> it matters. When you're collecting, you're collecting that it's authentic and legit. Um, you know, that's what makes it special. Um, I, I think so, right. anyways. But, yeah, I had to start watching YouTube videos on exactly what you're talking about. Like, is the label, does it have the logo in the right spot? You know, mm -hmm. and, and what is a legit lo lo label and how can you tell it's been a reprint? Same thing with, like, what it says on the back of the cartridge and like little serial numbers and what they're supposed to start with. And then of course you can unscrew them and open them and kind of take a look at what's inside. And that is usually a dead giveaway for a lot of them. Um, right. Yeah. It's the, it's called a PCB board um, on some of them. And also uh, a big reason why most people know it's fakes is because people have already done research. Um, 
So if you join like communities on Reddit, like game collecting and stuff like that, and kind of open the cart and get an idea of uh, what other people have that are real, you can easily spot the fakes. Some of them will be blue when they're supposed to be like green, mm-hmm. for example. And I'm talking about the actual circuit board or the PCB board. Um, yeah, I mean, it really comes down to the community. Uh, the community is huge, and they've been doing this for a while. And almost there's almost a screenshot or a picture of every single game that you can think of, at least the, the more popular ones. There's going to be some, like, Japanese titles that won't have it, something like that. But uh, it it's getting tough right now to identify some fakes, especially when you're buying online, uh, and the, you know, the really expensive ones, too. Yeah, so I, I've been lucky that I haven't been sold any fakes yet that I know of. <laughs> but uh, right. but I do open them up and take a look at them. And I, like I said, I'm trying, trying to do research to get better at it. And actually, I'm, I'm considering the idea of even fixing stuff, uh, being able to like clean it up a little bit, but still keep it original and definitely getting to fixing broken consoles that have minor things wrong with them, possibly getting into some soldering or something. Because um, I feel like you could pick up some good deals sometimes um, that are they're in good condition except one thing's broken and if you could fix that one thing then it's a nice find you know you get really good discounts anyways when stuff's right busted. yeah there's also a huge community for um totally irrelevant but a huge community for for modding that way as well oh, as yeah. far as like fixing and soldering yeah and they're really uh really weird mods that people have done and some cool ones on ebay that you can buy um with uh you can actually buy the carts and it, and it comes modded it's really cool Oh yeah, yeah. Systems, cards, the whole nine yards. So there's some cool stuff out there. So right. let's see. Um, one time I, I was, I, I know I probably told both of you guys this story, but I'll say it because I don't know if I said it on podcast. But I was buying one of the Pokemon cartridges, and I wasn't sure because it was a new seller on eBay, and I was like, it, they say it's 100% real. They have a picture of the inside of it unscrewed. I bought it, but then I messaged them just to be sure, and I said, if this is fake, I said, you, I'm gonna ask for a refund. So you know. <laughs> I just, you know, because you're a new seller and all, I just want you to know. And they immediately refunded me. And I was like, okay. So I guess it was fake. Dodged a bullet. Um, other than that, you know, I haven't really run into too much trouble. But then again, I also do a lot of research on it. You know, like I, before I buy something, I, I spend a few hours looking deep at it to make sure that it's it looks legit and does the seller have good stuff. So where do you, uh, this is kind of getting us as, Talking about fakes, is there anything else you want to talk about specifically about spotting fakes or maybe tips for people before we go into the buying and selling? Because we're almost running right into that. Yeah, so um, as far as tips and, and finding fakes, if you're buying online and it's too good to be true and the, and you're looking into the seller and the seller has tons of other good, too good to be true ones and they're selling a lot of video games, more than likely it is. So you really need to cover your butt make sure that um, you have a good refund policy if you decide to pull the trigger. Uh, honestly, I would not. I would stay away from it. Save up for for somebody with good rep. Um, and even then, sometimes you can get hold of a reproduction where that person just didn't do their due diligence. So really, it just comes down to make sure whatever, whatever you're buying on, uh, whatever you're using to buy, has a good return policy, right? And if it's local, then that really doesn't apply as far as too good to be true because sometimes there's like flea markets and certain shops that just don't know what they have. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Also, pawn shop employees, when you ask them if a retro game is fake or not, you're going to say that everything they have is real. Um, <laughs> uh, do your own due diligence inside the store. Open up that Reddit community. See if anyone has a, a picture of what the outside of it looks like. And then um, buy the insurance just in case. It's not that much. That's that's really the only tips that I have. That's a great tip. I got, I got one I thought about when you were mentioning that stuff. Um, so one is... There's two different ways I like to buy, like buyers I look for that are good. One is an official store. Um, lots of these people that sell on eBay or Amazon are an actual physical brick and mortar store too. And you can actually, sometimes right. if you find them, you can pick up the phone and call them and talk to a person and then buy it from them. Um, so that's a cool way to like know that you're probably getting something a little safer bet. Um, but a second way is don't look for the ones that have perfect pictures. Look for the ones that the dude pulled it out of his closet or his mom's attic and he's like, this was my, I had this as a kid, and takes a crappy picture. Look at that one, because that one's probably right. real. Um, he only, and like you said, he doesn't have a ton of stuff for sale. He's got one thing for sale, you know, or two things for sale. He's selling off his actual collection. Uh, he's not an official reseller, you know, and though those guys, like, he's harder to tell from the picture sometimes, but if you can get a good enough feel, you know, that it's in decent enough condi condition, um, I've had a lot of luck buying from people like that, who it, they were the one-time owner of that video game, you know, so... Yep. Right. No, that that's such good advice, and uh, it's something that rings so true. Is you can pick up those good deals with the people that have horrible pictures. I love horrible. I love buying from people with horrible pictures. Love it. <laughs> it's always a funny one. So it's funny because it's like it's it's reverse like selling. Because like if you have an e-commerce store, you know. And actually, this is funny. I didn't we didn't mention this, James, but um, you and I are actually both really into marketing. Um, right. <laughs> that's an understatement. So when we're talking about selling e-commerce and stuff, it, and you want the pictures to be perfect, they have to be appealing, brand new. They got to be like gorgeous, and they have to, you know, they have to sell the product. And now this is the exact right. opposite. You want crappy pictures if you're trying to in your mm -hmm. business. You're looking for the crappy pictures, so you know it's right. real. So <laughs> it's funny. It kind of exactly. goes against goes against what you would think. So, oh, so I, you know, I actually. I should have you on my marketing podcast. I've been looking for a, um, a co-host because uh, the current guy I was hosting with uh, it just has some stuff come up in life, and we haven't been able to record. So I'd love to have you on that podcast too. Um, kind of I would your love brain. to. Cool, nice. All right, so um, let's get into buying and selling. Is this is kind of like the culmination of the discussion, uh, the the ending to it? But who knows how long it'll take? Because because <laughs> uh, you can go anywhere from like making money or how much things cost or to get into or it's just such a wide range honestly and then where we go to buy right. stuff and sell them what are our favorite vendors and the random tips i mean so you know where do we want to start with this um i can give an overview of of where i started um buying and selling then where we're at now and kind of go from there sure yeah and also to just kind of preface that conversation how much do you buy and sell are you trying to make money off of this as like a side gig or you do you just do it super casually when you know because you're working on your own collection so a personal tidbit is um i love anything making money related uh like you said i am into marketing big time and any of my passions including way back in the day playing wow and runescape all of them i learned how to make money like real life money with i would sell gold i'd run bots stuff like that um <laughs> so anything that i'm involved with that i have a passion for i turn it into ways to make money and I kind of started that uh, with game collecting um, way back when I was a kid and then 
about two years ago, took it a little bit more serious. Uh, my girlfriend quit her job due to COVID. Actually, get kind of got fired due to COVID, and um, she needed something to do. And I was sitting there looking at my game collection, like it's it would be really easy to to teach you how to resell this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for about two or three years ago, I, I started doing it a little bit more seriously. Um, and I took what what really kind of started it for me was her leaving that and then um, leaving that position and her not having any income coming in. So honestly, it, it came down to, um, you know, what what's easiest for me to do as far as like teach her. And the thing that started it was um buying auction lots so there's websites like hybid h-i-b-i-d um and what it does is it it has a whole bunch of auctions local auctioneers and, and and like estate sales and they compile them together and if you go on there type in your zip code and then type in video games you'll see people that are moving or people that um that basically commission the auction house to get rid of collections, estates, etc. All are on high bids or some other auction based website. There's a few more, but high bids is definitely the one I go to. Um, and so I would do local pickups and I would sit there at um, you know, five minutes before auction close and I would go through and I would open up uh, something called pricecharting.com which is where my collection lives and it, it gives you an idea of what it sells for like what the resale value is um it if it's loose if it's a loose cartridge it gives you the idea of that if it's complete if it's new in box if it only has the box it's really detailed with um it, it's the number one uh like resource for for video game reselling honestly wow um, I'm, I'm bookmarking it right now that's cool yeah price charting is amazing um so i would open up a tab in price charting and then one in the auction house of whatever auction i was doing and i would sit there and i type in all the games and then i can and then i make a list of okay if this this lot that has you know 10 in 64 games uh total value of that is around 300 dollars in resale value and i want to buy it for under 100. I want to make three times my money, right? Yeah. And half the time, these auctions were going for like fifteen dollars. So what I what I would do is I would teach my girlfriend to get on there and do that exact process. It's really easy. Um, from there, it was just make eBay accounts, make an Amazon account, and start to uh, to push it up. It, it started more as like that hobby, like I was like I was telling you. I found a way to make money with it. And I realized like there's tons of, of local opportunities, not only at little garage sales, but at these auction houses. Um, so I started scaling it and scaling it. And it started from making around um, $20 a day um, in sales of that were, you know, probably 10 to $15 profit a day um, to the, we're in the low six figures profit a year right now. And this is our second year really our first year of actually introducing a lot of scaling to the business. So we're scaling up operations where we're buying, we're actually buying online and having it shipped. 
uh, we're buying big pallets of loose bolt games and then hiring someone to go through them give you wow. an idea of where the operation is right now um that's that's even that's, bigger you've even talked about this for, for a little while now and that's even bigger than i thought so if you guys were listening and thought it's just casual collecting here you thought wrong so <laughs> yeah no this is this is something that i have a lot of experience with businesses and, and building businesses specifically e-commerce and um and reselling so that's uh that's something that that i guess i forgot to mention to you dj <laughs> Well, I, I knew that you were you were into businesses, very entrepreneurial. I didn't realize how big the video game side of it got, which is so cool. Like, what a fun, what a fun job. You know, what a fun thing to do in life. Sure, you know, take oh, take a hobby, and monetize it, but still collect it on the side. That's so cool. Yeah, and originally it was just it was like like back in the RuneScape days when I sold gold. It was just to feed my passion of playing the game, collecting these games. Originally, I was just reselling to. To feed my passion and buy more games but i saw the opportunity what my girlfriend wanted to do and she loves it it's such it's so cool like we'll wake up early in the morning on fridays and go out and and go to garage sales or go to estate sales early on saturdays and sundays and the hunt is my favorite part it's all about the hunt and finding something really cool i'm sure you can relate in that oh it's my favorite i love like the thrill of it, you know, it's just like you're looking, you're looking, you find a good deal, and then you find out that it's actually a good deal, you know, because you got like you're saying, beware of the good deals, but sometimes you you will find that little nugget, that good deal. I had one of them was a Nintendo 64, um, and right now they're selling for like give or take a hundred dollars on eBay usually, because if it comes with a controller and the cords, if not, you can get right. it for a little less, um, and, you know. But then sometimes you can get it for 125, 130 more, depending if it comes with a bundle of stuff. So I got a whole bundle. Two controllers, the authentic ones, really good ones, like five games, a perfect condition N64 with all the cords, 30 bucks. They had labeled oh. it, they spelt it out Nintendo 64 instead of N64, and nobody else saw it on eBay. <laughs> so that oh. Was... oh, you got that on eBay? Yes, I know. Like, that was oh, such you a got steal. such a steal. Yeah, I was just like, such Whoa. a steal. And then I, it's, it's, <laughs> it's the one, it's the only one I have right now, N64. So it is. And since then, you know, I've paid more than that, you know, as anyone who knows the collection of games, for a single game, you know. So to pick up so five games with two controllers and everything, we're like, some of these Super Smash Bros. I mean, you can't pick up that for less than sixty bucks usually. Not on eBay. So you actually have it in sixty four right now. Yes. You have to get. Well, you don't have to. But I, what I recommend, especially because sixty four games are pretty expensive, and they're expensive for a reason. Um, up something called an everdrive e-v-e-r-d-r-i-v 64 or that by itself is kind of expensive it's around 200 bucks it allows you to plug in a little sd card and you can play roms on your n64 with native controls and i don't know if you ever tried to emulate an n64 before but there's no good emulators so this is the number one uh, emulator ever. It's a legit N64. It's a cartridge. You plug into it just like any N64 cartridge. You can plug in ROMs via a little SD card on the cartridge. It's so good. Wow. EverDrive 64. I see him went for $300 on Amazon. Don't, pro tip, don't buy off Amazon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I know that. We, uh... I don't think I've ever bought anything <laughs> off Amazon. People rip you off. Funny, but... funny story, man. Uh, so, 
my girlfriend was actually selling on eBay for about a year now, or, or two, almost three years now. But um, she was selling on eBay for the first year, and prices are so much cheaper. I can, I'll say this, more economical than Amazon, right? Amazon, like for example, um, it's called a test cartridge, an N64 test cartridge. Um, and it's what came with like the dev kits and stuff for the N64. On eBay, that test cartridge is around $2,300. Oof. On Amazon, the test cartridge is almost six grand. Wow. Um, there's something different about Amazon shoppers, apparently. But it, it, those price uh, discrepancies are true throughout no matter where you are um, as far as eBay and Amazon, no matter what game what game it is. It could be Pokemon Stadium. There's going to be like a 45 to 50% discrepancy. Wow, yeah. I, you know, I, I'm just talking to Amazon for a second. Like, in recent years here, they've, they're not the cheapest for anything these days. You can go to Best Buy and get a better deal on a regular old electronics. You know what I mean? Go to Walmart, obviously, and get better deals than... Yeah, they're, they're not the cheap place. I think they're just like the convenient, fast way. Um, mm -hmm. That's that's really what it comes down to is if you can get your inventory into something called FBA, uh, which is fulfilled by Amazon, then it's guaranteed basically two day shipping. Thing is, the reason why Amazon is kind of killing killing lately, as far as like uh, resellers and sellers, is their fees. Their fees has, have tripled in the last five years. Um, so it costs a flat fee of five dollars to send in media. So like uh, games are considered media. So it costs a fee of flat dollars or five dollars plus it, monthly storage fees Ooh. and plus a shipping fee. So you need to make at least eight dollars off it on whatever you're throwing at Amazon in order to break e. Wow. I didn't realize right. it was that bad. I knew that, like, because there are a lot of people out there that will tell you to do Amazon reselling and um, and that sort of stuff, too. And, like, it looks like a good deal on the surface, but it is a lot of work, and you have to do a lot of research. And then you have to get a legit business going to make it happen. It's not like I'm not going to go down and scan stuff with my phone and throw it in a shopping cart and make six figures. You know, it doesn't look like that. <laughs> right. that's, that's what they make yeah, it look like, yeah. though. They do. They make it look like that. So Yeah, what they don't tell you is that the returns are are crazy the customer experience the customer expects that if something went wrong with shipping if it costs if it was more than two days they get the the item and they don't have to return it they get a full refund um but that that's one thing i'll say as a like a little tidbit if you are going to start reselling games um start on ebay because you'll get paid on the daily amazon only pays you on a net 60 basis so for stuff that we sell this month in July, uh, we won't get until the beginning of September. Wow. Um, like the actual revenue from it. So you really need to have a bigger bankroll and eBay is gonna be that that starting bankroll uh, for your business when you do start this out. All right, that's, that's a good tip. And that's probably a good place to stop. So, hey, so... Uh, Thank you for coming on today, James. I'm, I'm really looking forward to having you on some more, as long as you're up for it. I'd love to have you on. This is awesome absolutely. Um, you want to tell anybody where they can find you? If you want to do any self-promo here at the end? Um, you know, you can probably find me on the corner slinging video games, uh, <laughs> any dark alleyway, 
look for the guy with the trench coat and the big Nintendo T-shirt. Awesome. I gotta rock the, the Nintendo T-shirt. Zeke, you still hang with us? Yes, I am. All right, Zeke. Go ahead and say goodbye to everybody. Oh, peace out, everyone. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Half Full Reviews podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please be sure to tell a friend about us and visit our website at halffullreviews.com. We'll see you next week. Thank you.